Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. Hey everybody, everybody, how's everybody doing today? It's Paul Turner here, Youth Ministry in Motion podcast now happening. It's the podcast workers motivated and keep your youth ministries moving forward and I hope that's what uh, we're going to be able to accomplish today. Uh, I got a lot on the docket today. I'm actually here in Florida uh, speaking at a retreat. Spoke at a couple of retreats this past um, this last weekend. I spoke to a bunch of middle school students and boy I love middle school students. That was my first job was uh, as a junior high youth pastor and it was uh, I always always had an affection and love for middle school students I think because it was a, a hard time in my own life uh, and so I really connect and feel with them on you know on a certain level with that so but um, yeah and so I'm this weekend I'm working with high school students and I love high school students too no, no disrespect to high school pastors I just want to say I do love some high school pastors and high school students, too. Um, and so anyway, uh, just working on a bunch of stuff lately. If you want to know what I'm doing, by the way, if this weekend, if you're interested, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash The D Project. And uh, I've been posting various uh, things that we've been doing. You can get some ideas or thoughts. It's a very Star Wars kind of weekend. Uh, I called it Soul Wars. And uh, talk about the war of the soul and those things that uh, young people go through and that adults go through in our relationship with God and things like that. So if you're interested, you can check it out there. Um, and that's, uh, that's a lot that's going on this weekend. So I'm enjoying the Florida weather and all that kind of good stuff. You can catch some pictures on my Instagram of uh, Florida and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, anyway, so let's get into a little bit of fun today, a little bit of uh, uh, our opening here that we normally do here on the show. And um, I read an article here from, let's see, from Mashable, and it is uh, the 24 books, the 24 children's books, I should say, 24 children's books that you should go back and read as adults. Now, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. I think it's fantastic. And, uh, and so, but I'm looking at the list here, and I don't know about you. Uh, some of these books I have not read. Uh, some of these I have. And so uh, I would love your input uh, and books maybe um, you can leave in the comments uh, of books that you have read maybe that, uh, that should be on this list, or maybe you disagree with those, some of the books that are actually on the list uh, itself. So uh, I would love your feedback on that. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the list here. And I'm going to give you, I'm not going to give you necessarily all 24 because that would take a little bit of time, but I will give you my top seven from the list and then maybe share a little bit uh, of what I think should be on the list and maybe what I thought, you know, was missing from the list. And I would love your, once again, your feedback on that as well. Uh, some of the books that were on the list uh, were A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Engel. That was a, a great book. Uh, I read that. I remember reading that as a kid. Uh, the Outsiders. I think that was probably middle school or maybe, yeah, probably middle school maybe when I read that. But I love the movie. If you've never seen the movie The Outsiders, let me strongly encourage you to uh, to watch the movie. It's got Patrick Swayze in it. It's got uh, Matt Dillon, a bunch of, a bunch of uh, Ralph Macchio from Karate Kid. It's a killer movie, you know, so you got to watch it. Um Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I think that's phenomenal that they included it on the list because uh, I've read it probably, the series probably several times. And the movies were good. 
Um, you know, the movies were, were pretty decent. Um, I wish they would have been maybe a little bit more epic, maybe, maybe Lord of the Rings kind of epic. Um, some of the other books there, The Little Prince. Uh, I remember watching, I think, watching a little video or movie about that. Uh, Harry Potter is on the list, and I did not, you know, I know I'm going to get terrible mail maybe or something. He says, Paul, why didn't, you, why didn't you ever read the series? I mean, I just didn't. I mean, they're huge books, first of all. I think some of these books, too, are past my prime when I was back, you know, when, when there was, like, mandatory reading, uh, but also when, um, uh, you know, I just maybe just didn't have enough time to read it. But I would, I would probably go back and read Harry Potter, at least the first book, to, uh, and I don't think I've seen all the movies, at least all the way through. So I know I'm a terrible person. You're thinking, Paul, what is wrong with you? Um, on the list also uh, that I thought was pretty cool, Charlotte's Web is on the list. Always love watching the uh, the movie of that. Um, let's see. Calvin and Hobbes. Gotta love Calvin and Hobbes. Who doesn't like Calvin and Hobbes? Uh, also, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I heard, I have not seen the movie, but I heard it's a pretty good movie. I think it's got uh, George Clooney as the voice in it of the Fox. Um, some books that I noticed that were not on the list. Uh, Diary of Anne Frank, which I remember reading. Um which was a great book, Alice in Wonderland, uh, which actually I started rereading uh, probably a couple of months ago. Uh, didn't get all the way through it yet, but uh, but I decided to reread it to kind of revisit my imagination, to kind of jumpstart my imagination. Um, other books that I recommend uh, that I think should be on the list are Goodnight Moon, which I think it'll preach, uh, but also The Runaway Bunny which also I've used in sermons and things like that. So those are just some of the books. Some of the other books that were on there were, you know, but once again, past my prime, but maybe I bought for my kids at one point. Um, Captain Underpants, um, the story of Ferdinand about, I think it's about a bull. Um, um, then there were books on there that just made terrible movies, and maybe that's, obviously you should go read the book instead of watch the movie. Things like Series of Unfortunate Events, uh, Matilda, um, books like that, that, you know, that you probably should just stick with the book and not, uh, not watch the movies, uh, for those. Cause usually, you know, James and the Giant Peach was not on there. I found that to be interesting. James and the Giant Peach, which was both a good movie and a good book. And then I also, I put on there probably Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, which was also a good movie and a good book, but not the one with Don Johnny Depp, the one with Gene Wilder. So I recommend that highly. All right, so that's kind of my morning buzz, uh, if you will, uh, about some books on there. Please feel free to send me your input of books that belong on that list. By the way, just speaking of that, I saw Catcher in the Rye was on the list. I'm going, well, I wouldn't qualify that as a kid's book. I would say that's probably teen book, maybe, uh, but certainly not, I would not recommend. It's time to jump into the meat of the day, uh, what this podcast is about today, which is about the eight qualities of a get it done leader. Um, and whether you're uh, part-time or full-time or uh, volunteer, you know, they're just qualities, you know, and I understand, listen, I just want to say that I, I completely understand whether you're, if you're a volunteer, this is not, you can, the thing is that people, and I don't know everybody that's listening to this, but there are people that can listen to this and think, man, I just this constant pressure, this constant, you know, I'm feeling like I'm not good enough. And I just want to tell you, you're good enough. Okay. You're, you're a youth worker. You're perfectly fine. You're good enough to do all these things. These are, when I share these qualities, I'm sharing them from a, from a life perspective of qualities that I think personally, 
personally for me, are important and that I, I have to just double down on. And and if I'm going to get anything done, and I think it just applies across the board. So when you hear them, I don't want you to think, oh, my goodness, Paul's just jumping all over me here because and he's telling me this is where it has to be. I'm just saying that there are these are qualities that I think people in life, if they want to get things done, but especially towards youth workers who have usually multiple plates spinning at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's everything from between pro- spinning plates of programs, spinning, spinning plates of church, uh, spinning plates of life and family and other things. So please don't, don't listen to this and say, oh my gosh, Paul's just going to just, you know, wreck me here and tell me how good I'm not being. And my encouragement is, and I'm, what I've done here is in the show notes, as well as if you're part of the Fresh Impact newsletter, I'm sending out a little, a little sheet where you can score yourself and say, well, here's where I'm at, here's where I could be, that kind of thing. So uh, you'll get that if you sign up for the uh, the email, uh, sign up for the Fresh Impact newsletter at thedisciplesproject.net. You go there and you can sign up for the newsletter and you'll get that in your email box and this will help you. That's my goal here is to help you, help you be able to move you and your youth ministry forward um, in, uh, in just helping you understand some of the qualities here, okay? So you know, don't freak out. Don't freak out. These are things you can work on a slow pace. You don't have to do all these at the same time. I don't do these all at the same time, but I have to be mindful of them. So let me give you the few, eight qualities that I think um, for get it done kind of people. There, there's you know, If you want to move things forward in uh, ministry or in life or other things. The first one is confidence. Confidence is having a certain air about yourself to say, look, I am a, you know, I am a can-do person. I have to, you know, I've, I have not always been, you know, people have asked me and say, Paul, how can you be so positive? And I'll tell you why. Number one is because I've not always been very positive. I've not very been positive about myself or about my outlook on life or about myself. And so confidence has, I've had, confidence is built, right? Confidence is built through successes, through uh, different achievements, things like that. So wherever you're at in that process, uh, it doesn't mean that you don't have any confidence. It just means you need a few wins under your belt. And so I want you to think about some of your wins, right? Think about some of the wins you've had that uh, in the past. And you go, you know what? I've been here before. I can do this. I can I can preach this message. I can run this program. I can minister to this kid. You know, think about all your past successes and, you know, build a sense of confidence. It's not from the lack. I, maybe it is. I mean, maybe, maybe you have people in your life that don't believe in you. But I think our number one enemy is ourselves, that we don't believe in ourselves. So go back, review, look through your successes and say, you know what? I have the confidence to do this. First of all, God is your biggest fan. Uh, I am number two, okay? God is your biggest fan and says, look, uh, you are you can do this thing. I have given you everything you need to accomplish this. Go do this because I believe in you. You can go do this thing, and I believe in you too, so you can do this as well. Uh, number two is competence. Um, the ability to say that I have the tools necessary to do this. In other words, I have, and some of you are degreed and some of you are not degreed, and that's okay, by the way. Competence is not necessarily um, defined by the degree you have or where you have your degree, right? Where, whether you have it through a, a normal college, an online college, um, seminary, um, certificates, things like this. Competence is about that sense of saying, do I have the tools? Uh, do have I had enough experiences? Have I not? Uh, have I had a um, you know uh, a feeling of that I am equipped 
to do the things that, I, that I'm supposed to be doing. And from a spiritual sense, that's true. You are equipped. There's no question. I mean, we have everything as Christians, as believers, and as so forth, that we have everything from the church to the Bible to, uh, you know, worship music to, you know, that builds all this confidence that, you know, that you, you know, that you've, uh, that you have, you know, at your, at your disposal. And I hope that this, this podcast is one of those things. I hope that the podcast is, um, something that you look at and say, you know what, this, this makes me feel more competent. It makes me feel like I can do these things that, that Paul is telling me that, it, that I can do. And I, that's what I want it to be. I want you to have that sense of saying, look, I'm competent. I can accomplish this. I can do this. Um, because the tools, like it, for me, the tools that I offer you, this podcast, you know, my YouTube channel, um, you know, uh, the blog, all that stuff is to create a sense of competence that says you can do this. A little bit of information goes a long way. The third thing is building consensus. Now, if you want to get things done anywhere, building consensus is critically important. You don't have to agree upon everything. It's not about agreement. It's about consensus. In other words, how do we move things forward? And that's the ability to gather people up and say, look, we're not going to use everybody's ideas. And that's everything from your worship team to your, uh, your volunteer leaders to um, you know, church staff to anything is to build a consensus to say, look, here's the way we want to move forward. If we can gather a bunch of people in the room and say, look, where do we want to go from here? We don't all have to agree 100% on the ideas, but we've got to be able to move the thing forward, the idea, the program, the uh, the idea, you know, whatever it is, we have to be able to move that thing forward. And building consensus, bringing people together to talk is a critical way to do that. And so if you find yourself stuck, ask yourself, have I built a consensus? Have I built a consensus between students, uh, parents, um, my team, my youth team, uh, the pastor? You know, try to build a consensus uh, throughout those groups and you will begin to see things move forward. Third, uh, the fourth thing is execution. That is the ability to simply say, I can do this. I can act on the things that we've planned. When I plan the calendar this past year, uh, and pretty much every year, it gives me the ability to work my way into those things. So I have several things on my docket, just like you have things on yours. I have missions that I'm trying to do, trying to raise money for missions. I have to execute on, um, you know, this Valentine Fiesta we have coming up. So I'm in Florida and I have to send information to all the kids and say, this is what we're going to practice and all these things. But the bottom line will be that if I put it on the calendar, can I get that done? Will I get that done? And, and look over your past calendar. Once again, look at your past history and say, what have I done? What have I said that I was going to do? And that I did it. I got it done, got it accomplished. That builds your, your confidence, right? Which also works towards your competency, right? That you say, I've done these things. Um, so be sure to look at those things and say, look, I have done this before. I have, I have run this program. I have, uh, I have done this fundraiser. I have done these things and I can execute on my dreams. I can, the things that I've put down, the things that I've built consensus around, now we can go forward and do those things. So look at your past victories, look at what you've already done and move forward with that. The, um, the fifth thing is ownership. And ownership is saying, I, this is not a place I work. This is a place that God has me, whether it's, whether it's volunteering or whether you're paid for it or whatever it may be. But the ownership and creating ownership in students, creating ownership uh, in yourself that says, look, this is my church. You know, I, I remember when I got married. This is just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I, when you hear this, you'll say, 
I remember um, feeling like, you know, you look at your wife and you're, I'm a newlywed, I'm newly married, don't know what it means to be married, don't really have any positive role models of marriage per se. And, uh, and one day I was looking at the dishes in the sink and I thought, you know, isn't my wife supposed to do these things? And then suddenly I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know, you live here too, right? And I just had this epiphany of, you know what? These are my dishes. These are my dishes too. I've eaten off these things. And you say, Paul, that is a revelation from God. We should, we should preach that from the mountaintops, right? One day I just said, look, I live here. This is what I own. This is part of what I'm, this is family here. And if I don't do the dishes, well, maybe the dishes aren't going to get done. There's some ownership of saying, I can't, you know, I can't delegate, delegate these things out. There's only things, some things that I can do. And I felt like, you know, in this case, it was dishes. But ownership is this. When you walk through your church, here's a, here's a way you can tell whether or not you have ownership in your church. When you walk through the church and you see a piece of trash, do you pick it up? It's a simple thing. Why? Because you could say, well, that's not my trash and I didn't put it there. Or you could say, I have ownership. And because I have ownership, I'm willing to do certain things because I have some skin in the game. Um, this is my church. Regardless of how I feel about it, regardless of where I'm at in life, I have to have ownership. Because if you don't have ownership, you're always looking on the outside. You're always looking at how other people have it better. You're always looking at this church has this and that church has that. And why can't I do this? And suddenly ownership turns into, uh, you know, you feel like you're a, you're a slave there. Or you feel like you're whatever. Look, the quicker we get to owning what is ours, what God has given us, the quicker we can start to move forward. But if we have doubts of whether we own this, have ownership of this youth ministry, or our leadership or this church we belong to, then the longer it's going to take for us to, to um, you know, have the, have the uh, get it done mentality, okay? Vision casting, okay? Number six. Uh, vision casting is, I am just all about this vision casting and the next one here, goal setting. But it, it, number six, vision casting is this, is the fact that if you can cast a vision, if you can look forward, part of getting things done is being able to look forward, not just month to month, but you know, quarterly or yearly is saying by the end of the year, you know, this is where I want to be personally, or this is where we want the youth ministry to be. And this is what I did with our youth ministry this year. I, you know, started a 16 and 16 program where I wanted to say, look, we're going to reach, not just reach. I made it, defined it a little bit better. I said, I want 16 students to come into our youth ministry. I want them to become 16 believers in Christ, and I want to see them become 16 disciples. In other words, people who hang around, who say, this is our youth ministry, this is the place I want to be, and um, and that's part of casting vision, is, is saying, look, students, this is doable. With God's help, this thing is doable. So casting vision is, a, is an important part of getting it done, because if you can't see it getting done, if you can't see it, it's very hard to pitch it. It's very hard to share it with people and do that. So uh, vision casting is super important to getting getting things done because you've got to be able to see it in your mind's eye. You've got to be able to see God working and doing and, and accomplishing these things so that you can... I see 16 students coming in. I do. I see 16 students coming into our youth ministry. I see 16 students becoming uh, Christians and believing in Christ and following Christ, and I see 16 students that I will be able to disciple. How that's going to get done, that's, you know, that's part of these other things. You know, do I execute? Do I build consensus? Do I do all these other things? So uh, number seven, goal setting. Um, goal setting is, you could say that the 16 and 16 is part of goal setting, but there's personal goals, there's 
Um, you know, there's goals of how many kids we want at an event. There's goals of uh, where we want kids spiritually by a certain time, things like that. And setting goals um, is super important. There's financial goals, right? There's budgetary goals. Um, there's your ability to say, I, you know, our goal this year is not to spend our outspend our budget. Or maybe your goal is to outspend your budget, which is okay too, I guess, because it shows that you're, you're doing things bigger maybe, or it shows... Uh, whatever it may be, we raise a lot of money for for missions. So I, you know, I'll put a couple of links down in the sh- in the notes below. Is uh, for things like uh, raising money and putting something up in the youth room that measures where we're at in our goals, right? Where we're, so where we're at financially, we raise money for missions. So I think we're going to give twenty five hundred dollars to missions this year to help support missionaries through a program called Speed the Light. And, um, and so in doing this, we've set a goal. The kids know we have a goal. It's physical. It's out there. Whereas vision casting is a little bit more dreamy. Goal setting has a little bit more hard numbers to it. And you've put some, some actual numbers to these things and say, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Um, and this is how we're going we're gonna to set these goals so that you can see us making progress all the time. And then the last thing for, by the way, there's another video I'm going to put down on the goal setting as well, and that's a little activity to help your students that I just did here with the CIT program here at the camp. Uh, but it's a, uh, a video on, on an exercise on goal setting and helping students see their goals, uh, look at the obstacles to those goals, and then what they need to do on a personal level to accomplish those goals. So I will put that down in the show notes as well. Uh, evaluation is the last one, number eight. Number eight is evaluation, and it is about being able to look, get it done people, look at their past history, back, back to where you, you're looking over, you know, your competency and your confidence, things like that. Well, you've got to be able to evaluate the past. You've got to be able to look at your past programs, past uh, uh, preaching, past whatever it may be that you're working on in your life, and say, okay, how do I evaluate this? In other words, where did I mess this thing up? right? If we don't, if we don't look to the past, we are doomed to repeat it. And so we have to look at, you know, whether if the program failed, we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, was this me? Poor planning on my part. Was there other effects? Were there other circumstances? Were there other things going on that affected this? And the ability to evaluate a program and be able to say, hey, uh, this didn't work out so well. Why didn't it work the way it should have worked? And what could we have done to make it better. And so those, uh, all those eight uh, skills, and by the way, they're all skills. They're not necessarily, I want to encourage you with this. Uh, You're not born with all these things. These are all skills that we can work on. These are skills that I work on every day. In fact, for this weekend, I rewrote some of my messages. I added a few things. I mean, it could have been just as easy. I mean, the weekend went fine with the middle schoolers. Why touch it? Why mess with it? But instead I'm saying, you know what? This could have been done better. We could have done this better as a team. We could have done this thing better. And so evaluation is a critical, critical part of getting things done in the future. So I hope that helps you. I hope that's uh, I hope that's the deal today for you. I hope. And by the way, uh, there's a little scalable thing you get with the Fresh Impact newsletter if you're not signed up. I'm going to send it out to subscribers very soon. Hopefully, you'll be a part of that. And um, and so today, as we switch gears today, I, I actually have a sponsor for this podcast. Absolutely, and I'm I'm excited to. Uh, to welcome uh, youthpastoru.org, 
And full disclosure, by the way, I am uh, an affiliate here, so I'm recommending, if you don't know what that means, that means I'm recommending something that if you choose to sign up for this, if you choose to make this uh, something you want to do as a youth pastor, to do resources, things like that, then I would get, uh, they will give me some percentage or some amount of money or whatever that um, would come back to me for recommending it. So when I'm recommending it to you, I'm telling, first of all, my my hope is that when I get affiliates and things like that, I'm not going to recommend anything that I absolutely just don't believe in. I'm just not going to sell you stuff and say, oh, you should go do this because there's some things that are just, even in the, you know, just because the church or a Christian or a youth pastor or whoever produces something doesn't make it a value. It just makes it something. Just because it's Christian doesn't mean it's good, right? You've seen some Christian movies? You know what I'm talking about. I won't go any further into that. You know what I'm saying. Uh, but it, but uh, Tim Walk, who... Uh, who is with um, the youthpastoru.org. He has, if you go to that, you can find it there. If you put in the word motion as as the the coupon code when you sign up, you'll get access uh, to your membership account. You can see all the things that are in there uh, that you can have access to. There are e-books. There are curriculum. There's just a bunch of goodies in there. Now, this is ground floor stuff. They are building this as I speak, and so they are putting a lot of work, a little, uh, a lot of time, a lot of effort uh, into this, and it's a, and it's already looking good. A plus, let me tell you something. Here's something interesting. When I signed up, because I had to sign up for the um, thing, as you know, sign up within it as well to see the resources, to review it, uh, and things like that. Not only do they have that, but they have regional coaches that you can get a hold of as a part of that. That's that's a free thing that the way will contact you, see how you're doing. And when I signed up, I got an email uh, that it was uh, just it was just kind of a cool thing because I don't think I've ever gotten that before from uh, you know from uh, you know from a, a ministry or something that I've signed up for necessarily. Um, and the text said, the text says, "Hey Paul, this is Tim. I received an email uh, that I am your coach for YPU. Is there a couple of things I can pray for you?" And you know that that kind of stuff is just critical as far as on a personal level. So I want to encourage you to go to youthpastoru.org, sign up there for the trial, uh, check out all the things. All the there's a there's at least I think there's ten or fifteen ebooks in there. Things about discipleship, uh, follow up discipleship, following up with kids that visit. Uh, all really really good practical things that you can start using in youth ministry. They're gonna they have a video trainings which they're gonna start putting a bunch of stuff in there. Uh, you get access to uh, you know regional coaches that can help you with things, which I am one of those uh, coaches as well. But you also get monthly coach calling from national uh, speakers uh, um, that you would get access to, like a like a, uh, a phone call, like a conference call that you can listen into. So um, there's all just all kinds of good stuff in there. So I appreciate you uh, checking that out. Don't forget to use the word uh, m- uh, motion as your, uh, as your uh, coupon word there, and that will let them know over there that I have recommended you and that you have taken advantage of that. So anyway, moving on into our last part of our show here, tell you a few things that I am nerding out about. Uh, t- a couple of things. I've been reading some books on preaching lately. I've not uh, done a ton of uh, reading on preaching. I think preaching is not something you learn from a book. I think preaching is something you do. It's a gift, I think, from the Holy Spirit, but also I think it's a uh, it's something you learn. It's something you develop. Uh, that the Holy Spirit puts it in you, and I, I'm not saying there's there's 
you know, there's obviously, there's not good and bad preaching because there's, you know, there is, there is, let me be honest, there is, there's good and bad preaching, but, but also it's about being effective, right? Being, look, I've preached some sorry, sorry sermons and God has used them. Okay. I promise you that not every word out of my mouth is like solid gold or anything. Okay. I've preached some stinkers. And uh, there are times where just uh, they're not very good. I'll be, I'm just telling you, maybe you feel me. Maybe you feel my pain in that. So let me give you, I'm just going to things that I'm nerding about. Uh, this is the first one I, I read here called Interobang Preaching, Rediscovering the Communication and Secrets of Jesus by Douglas Withrup. And I have to say that I am loving the book. He goes from a process uh, that one of his main core uh, premises here is talking about the SIM card uh, which is S-I-M, which is story and image uh, and metaphor. Story, image, and metaphor in using that in your preaching. He also has some great thoughts. I've, I've sent some tweets out there about uh, some quotes from the book. It's super quotable, some really good stuff in there. And so I've really been nerding out about preaching lately and really just up in my game in my communication skills to make sure that I am doing my best job um, to communicate the gospel to bring images, and he breaks it down, you know, of all the, the images that Jesus talked about, and he breaks it down into the stories and the images and the metaphors and all the things that Jesus did, and just brings some really good uh, light to that. It's a great refresher. If you've not read a preaching book in a while, I recommend this as a, as a great refresher as to as the value of uh, speaking, if you're not, if you're not a, if, if you're not a, if you don't think of yourself as a preacher, if you don't think yourself as a great communicator, then I surely recommend this book because if you're just starting out, it's a great way to start your, um, what do I say, your preaching journey, your communication journey in sharing the gospel. The next book is from a friend of mine, uh, Rick Bunshu, and Rick Bunshu is a, uh, he is the best-selling author of Soul Surfer. He's also a friend of mine. Like I said, and uh, we served together on various teams and various things. And um, he has a, a book called Moving Messages, and it is just a a great little. He calls you know he calls himself a heretic as far as what he does because I know he breaks it down. Uh, he talks about experimental you know you know elements of experimental teaching, uh, you know using story all on Sunday morning, thinking about space, thinking about you know the space that you have to do this in. Uh, he just has some really great stories about, you know, special little things that he's done with his church. Uh, and so I am, you know, I'm not all the way through it yet, but uh, but it does have some really just cool elements. And that's moving messages, ideas that will revolutionize the Sunday experience. And so I recommend those uh, as two things to uh, use. And, and if you're just getting started in your preaching or communication journey or you want to brush up, I recommend those. I've also been nerding out about some new equipment I have that I bought. It was a $50 package I bought from uh, Best Buy, and it has a bunch of cool little tools in it that I'm going to do a YouTube video about, uh, so be watching for that. It has little lenses, comes with lenses for your your iPhone or whatever phone you may use. I have, I have an iPhone, so uh, I use it for that. Uh, it has an LED light. It has the stand where the selfie stick screws into the stand, uh, all kinds of really cool things like that, so I'm, I'm totally... Um, I'm totally into that right now, and so it's really working out well, and hopefully you'll notice a, de a difference in maybe even some of my videos and how I'm getting that done. So, um, But anyway, that's what I'm nerding out about. I'd love to hear what you're nerding out about. Be sure to hit me with an email at thedproject@me.com. 
And uh, let me know what you're nerding out about. What do I need to be into? What do I need to be listening to? What do I need to be uh, watching? What are you into? I want to know. So please let me know uh, what you have going on. Uh, the last segment here, which we call our motivation, because we talk about your youth ministry moving forward, right? We talk about skills. We talk about all those things that you need and we need as youth pastors to be able to move our ministries forward uh, for the kingdom's sake. Uh, but we also need some motivation. We also need those moments where we have to reflect. We have to take some time. And when we go into this motivation time, sometimes I'm using scripture, sometimes I'm, you know, those things, but I don't want to preach at you. This is not about preaching. You, you know, you have, you know, you, you own a Bible, uh, you have it on your phone, you have those things, and, and you can do that. You can find inspiration from those things. Um, this motivation here is to make you maybe think and dig a little bit deeper into your own heart, um, to talk a little bit about the things that are going on with you on a personal level, to keep you motivated, to know that the work you do with students is super valuable. Uh, it's critical. You're in your church for a reason. Uh, you're there to minister to some kids that maybe other people will not. And so I want to encourage you with that. But this story here had, uh, it's just, uh, it, the image is just uh, mind-blowing. And there'll be a link in the show notes below for this. Um and the story is, is about a teenager. It says, the title is, In Heartfelt Tribute, Student's Coffin Becomes the Yearbook She Never Had. And that in itself just says volumes here. Of what, and the coffin, uh, the young lady's coffin is just a picture of the coffin. I'll put a picture there as well. There'll be a link to all that. But it basically is everything is on this coffin that they would have written in her yearbook had she graduated that year. And let me just read you a little bit about this. This is a high school senior who passed away before receiving her yearbook, received a heartwarming memorial from her classmates. Laura Hillier, an 18-year-old from Burlington, Canada, had been battling acute myeloid leukemia for years when she died on January 20th. And although she never had the opportunity to graduate high school, or receive her yearbook, her classmates came together to provide a touching yearbook-style tribute. An image of Laura's coffin was shared by one of her classmates, uh, which showed handwritten notes from friends similar to those traditionally written in yearbooks. Um, and it is just, uh, the image is breathtaking. It is, um, it is a reminder, uh, you know, of the brevity of life, uh, but it's also a reminder of how students can be so loving, so kind, so generous, um, and can be just filled with love and awe. And this young lady was obviously a, a fantastic person, was obviously a, a person worth, uh, worth the time of these students to come out and to, and to write their thoughts on her coffin as they would have written it in her yearbook. And I can't believe but the fact that Laura is just looking down from heaven and saying, wow, wow, I knew my friends cared about me, but wow, look at what they're writing. Look at these things. And it's just colors of red and blue and pink and green and written all over the, over the coffin. And it's just, it's just mind-blowing which kind of, and for me, I'll be honest with you, um, I wasn't a big guy in high school. I, I didn't like high school very much. I didn't get a high school yearbook. I didn't really care about the people in my high school. Um, and so I don't have a high school yearbook 
to go back and look at. I don't have, I don't have, all I have is what maybe people said to me, but I didn't, I didn't buy your book. I just, I didn't have any, I didn't have any school spirit. I didn't have any of those things, but this motivates me because this past, you know, things like this, little things like students coming up to you after a, a messy event and they have these white t-shirts on like they did with the middle school this past weekend. She asked me to sign her shirt and I thought to myself, man, what an honor, what an honor it is for me, for any kid to want to have me sign their shirt. And really in, in, in reality too, that a lot of the kids we minister to are not going to get the yearbook quotes that they deserve. We know them in a certain way, and I don't know how we can practice that in our youth ministry. I, maybe the maybe the bottom line is maybe if you do have a yearbook, maybe go back to your yearbook and look at some of the quotes, look at some of the things that people wrote in your yearbook about you. Uh, were you voted most likely to succeed? Were you were you honored in some way? Were there various quotes that you have? I mean, go back maybe in a way and to dig deeper into your own life to say, is the things that were written about me 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, did I, did I accomplish those things? Did I, did, when these people wrote these in my yearbook, were they saying to me, this is what they saw in me? Did I live up to the potential others saw in me? And I think that just becomes our motivational moment. That becomes a place in our life where we look back and say, what are the things that people spoke over my life? What are the things that people wrote down about me? What are the things that, you know, today we have social media, so we have people writing on our walls. We have writing on our Facebook walls. We have people tweeting about us. We have people commenting on our Instagram photos and things like that. And, you know, I just think it's a, a, a motivational moment for us. If you can go back and read that article and go back and look at that and say, wow, you know, these people just love this young lady. And what an opportunity we have to write right now on the lives of students what we think they could accomplish, what we think they could be in the future, what they could be, um, you know, because they're not going to get these comments from their school friends possibly in their yearbook. Um, they're, some of these kids are not going to hear, um, you know, from their parents of what they could achieve. And so we as youth workers uh, hold a place in the lives of these students where they're saying, if they show up to our youth meetings, they're saying, would you write in my yearbook, would you tell me what I could become? Would you tell me, would you tell me, see the possibility in me? And, um, and the good news is that while we still have kids, we're thankful and grateful that we don't have to write them on their coffin. We're grateful that we can write them uh, on their t-shirts, uh, in the books we give them. Uh, in the gifts we give them, uh, and those kind of things. And so be motivated today. Be motivated to know this, that you get to write in the yearbook. You get to write on the hearts of these young people uh, what you see in them every time you see them and come in contact with them and tell them as a group and tell them individually. So, But anyway, guys, that's it. That's it. That's the, uh, that's the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that keeps your youth ministry moving forward. And, uh, and keeps you motivated, I hope. I hope that you'll visit my website at thedisciplesproject.net, sign up for the Fresh Impact Newsletter, where you will get the notes and other things from this podcast. And uh, feel free to hit me up at uh, thedproject.me.com if there are some, uh, some questions you may have or 
topics you'd like me to cover in this podcast. So anyway, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys listening. Be sure, if you will, to go ahead and uh, rate this podcast. Would love your comments. You're rated on iTunes there, as well as leaving a little review. It would mean the world to me uh, if you would do that. And that's it. That's another show in the bag today, another episode of the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, where I try to keep your youth ministry moving forward and keep you motivated. So until next time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, have a great week, everybody. The Lord bless you and keep you, and uh, we'll see you next time.